I am a huge believer in the law of attraction. I meditate, I do affirmations. I find all of that incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. but on its own, it will get you nowhere. There are two types of coaches, well, for, for the purpose of this conversation, there are two types of coaches, the good and the successful. The good are not always successful, and that's quite frustrating. The successful are not always good. Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee with Robert. I am absolutely delighted today to be able to offer you the chance to listen to a great friend of mine. I've known him for about 20 years, I guess now. So we're, we're growing old and gracefully together, I hope. Um, certainly growing older, but hopefully gracefully. And um, yeah, I, I really think that uh, this guy is going to bring a great deal of value to you and a lot of stuff, hopefully, a lot of nuggets will be imparted here that you can use in your business and or your life. The chap I'm talking about is Gerard O'Donovan, who is founder and CEO of Noble Manhattan Coaching, which, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Gerard, I think now is probably, if not the largest, one of the largest coaching establishments now in the world. Um, I've watched, watched with admiration from not too far away, um, over the years uh, and admired your work ethic and what it's taken to actually go in and build this this empire that you've really built and and do all the good that you've done in the world so um what i'd like to do is is, is just we've got that introduction out of the way i'd like you to to maybe say a few words about yourself gerard because you know you better than me after all and just talk a bit bit about where you came from how you got to where you are right now okay. Okay, well, thank you, Robert. Thank you for your wonderful introduction. And again, it's lovely to see you. You know, our friendship, we've been friends for over 20 years. And like many friendships, you have periods where you're in touch a lot, and then months go by and you don't, and then you get in touch. And it's as if there's never been a break. So I love that. Mm -hmm. um, me, me. I, um, I'm married, three grown-up sons. I live in Weymouth. That subtropical paradise on the south coast. Uh, um, I grew up in Southern Ireland, uh, moved when I was 14. My, my father died when I was 11, so my mother um, had come from Scotland and, and we were very, very poor uh, after my father died. We, so she moved back to Scotland and I continued my, my education there. And then when I was 17, I left home and joined the military and the Royal Marines and spent nine years there. Um, made some great friendships, uh, which have lasted to this day, and then came out and became an entrepreneur. So at age 26, having done nine years, um, I started being self-employed and running my own businesses. So this and was five years ago. Five years ago. Five years ago, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over 35 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I've run many businesses. Some have done very well. Some have done not very well at all. Um, so the ups and downs of being a, an entrepreneur, you know. Um, and this company, Noble Manhattan Coaching, again, uh, this is our 20th anniversary. So 20 years we've been going. And um, I'm blessed. I'm absolutely blessed. I give thanks to, to whatever powers are above, you know, because we, we have been lucky. We've had very difficult times as any business. But we've done well and we've trained now 
um, and this is my aim to, to try and hopefully create a paradigm shift, change the world through coaching. But we've trained over 25,000 coaches now in 31 countries. So, so that's where we are. Well, well, that's, it's, it's incredible. What, what initially drew you to, to coaching as an um, involved with it, 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 it was uh, an accident, um, nothing planned. I, I had set up a personal development company uh, running it from home. I had one secretary, uh, a helper, and I was running courses on attitude, power of the mind, self-esteem, goal planning, presentation skills, that, that type of thing. And there's a big uh, exhibition hall in London called Olympia. And there was, there was a show, uh, a, a big four day show called the Vitality Show. It used to take place every year. Mm -hmm. So I paid for a, an exhibition booth uh, on that show to try and generate business customers and so on. And my secretary, Stacy uh, and I went up and we set up the booth or pull up banners and posters and leaflets and all looked very nice. And uh, we manned that. On, on day two, I got a bit bored just standing at the for eight, nine hours on your feet. So I said to her, look, I'm gonna get a coffee. I'm gonna walk around because there's hundreds of other exhibitors and, and it's a really exciting show. And, and so I said, look, I'll be an hour or so um, and I grabbed a coffee and I walked. And as I was walking down a wall, a fire door opened. And someone was coming out of a lecture hall and they obviously had come out the back door. You're not meant to do that. So they pushed the fire door right in front of me and they left it open. And I heard this lady, an American voice talking. And just on um, sheer inspiration, I nipped in and stood at the back and shut the door and everyone else had paid for that lecture. Mm -hmm. And I just stood at the back for an hour and I listened to this lady called Laura Bertram Fortin uh, from New York, a really feisty coach. And she was talking about this thing called life coaching. Mm -hmm. And this was in 1995, I'd never heard of it. And I was fascinated and the talk finished and everyone went up and shook her hand and she was selling books and selling CDs. And, and, and I just waited and waited and waited. And eventually everyone left and she was on her own and she was tidying up her uh, stuff. And I walked up to her and said, listen, I, I found that fascinating. Can I have your business card? Didn't really have, there was no Skype back then. There was no Zoom, there was no, you know, so, uh, I had got her business card, gave her mine, telephoned her the week later, ended up going and training. Laura Burnham, Berman Fortgang, um, wonderful lady. And then over the next year, I did three training courses uh, mm -hmm. with Americans. Uh, Cheryl Richardson, a lovely lady from the South, and Thomas Leonard, what we would call the father of coaching. I was lucky enough to do a course with him. Um, so I, I gave myself a year and did three different courses. Um, and then just started to coach. Mm. And back then, yeah, there was nothing back then. It was very pioneering. People hadn't heard of it. When you'd say to people, I'm a coach, they either thought you meant football, mm. um, which was normal, or they thought you drove a big autobus um, from one city to another. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and, um, and that was it. Yeah. Well, your, your, pro, your progress has been staggering and I've kind of, because we've been friends over the last 20 years, I've, I've kind of, I know how much work's gone into it. And, and when we first spoke about you coming on as a guest on, on this show, 
I mentioned to you that a large part of the reason for this show is to inspire people. So when they, you know, entrepreneurs come up against their sticking points, their blocks, and they're unable to get past, I want them to know that everybody goes through that. Guys like you go through that. But what there is, is a difference in perhaps the way they're wired. It's almost like the, 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 the kind of Edison thing, you know, I've just discovered one more way that won't work as a light bulb, which moves me one way closer to the way that will. Yeah. And, and you strike me as a type of guy that's very much got that philosophy at heart. And I want to get to, across to people that it is difficult for everybody. As Jim Rohn used to say, it rains on the rich. Yeah. It's not exclusively just the poor. It's how you react to it. Can you speak to that a little bit? That, that kind of Of course, mindset? absolutely. Um, and, and I have years of experience of going through those um, in the Marines, we used to call it when you get these depression moments, or you, we call it um, being visited by the black dog, um, an expression. And I've had many times where you wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning in a cold sweat, worried about a huge problem you have to deal with in the morning and not wanting the morning to come, hmm. you know, but knowing you have no choice. You have to face up to it and deal with a big challenge. And I've had many of those over the over the years. Um, and I, I, I guess everyone has their own coping mechanism, coping tech, uh, methods of dealing with it. I find that when I have a big problem that really, really upsets me, um, I get upset for a few hours, maybe half a day, maybe a whole day. And then I always go off by myself. I take either half a day, three, four, five hours, I'll go out on, in my car, I'll go out on my motorbike, uh, and I'll just be by myself, um, drive somewhere, stare at the horizon, and just think it through, think it through, you know? Um, how, how have I come here? What have I done to get here? How important is it for me to get through this? Um, what'll happen if I don't get through it? Uh, I always do that, and can I cope with that? Yeah. Can I accept that if the worst comes? How will I feel? Um, and then what do I need to do to mm. get to where I need to go? And I have an expression uh, that I've been using for years. You know, when you come to the, the end of your rope, which is a, a common expression, when you come to the end of your rope, I reach out and grab another rope, a rope called hope. So mm -hmm. I'm a great believer in hope. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and I have great hope for the future and, and for my ability to be able to find a solution, even if I have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, and I meditate. Mm. Um, uh, I find meditation is um, a great benefit, a uh, great help. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, I find that whenever I do that, the answers come, solutions start to pop up. Not mm. right there, not like a blinding flash, not, you know, um, but within a few hours of going through that process, meditating, either a few hours or I go to bed and I wake up the next day and I have ideas. And I always feel a surge of extra energy, extra renewed um, oomph mm. to throw myself back in and deal with it. I love it. I, I love that. It's exactly the approach I've got to it as well. And I learned the hard way. 
because I used to try and overthink everything and think in layers all the time. Nothing was black and white. Everything was multi-shades and thinking in layers. But the thing is, you can overthink things. And when, yeah. when I talk to people who've got similar sort of issues, challenges, I'll often say to them, when you, when you actually look at it, you're, you're kind of, if you look at the iceberg analogy again, you've got around about 5%. Some people would argue 10, but we'll, for the sake of argument, say five above the water. That's your conscious logical thought processes. Everything below that is your subconscious mind. And we try, we create all of our problems on this conscious logical thinking level and expect to fix the, the, the problem with the same level of intelligence that created it. Yeah. We can't do that what we've actually got to do is draw back within ourselves reconnect with who we are and connect with spirit if you like inspiration that's what absolutely that's absolutely what and, and you know i i used to get embarrassed about talking to people years ago about connecting with spirit mm. and accessing your subconscious and then your super conscious mm. because people would give you funny looks now i don't care i'm, I'm mm. very comfortable in using that language mm. uh, because the answer is within. It always is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I will say that over the last 20 years, I think global consciousness has, has kind of risen to, to all of this. And, and you can feel comfortable talking about it now. And, yeah. and you're not you're not you're not worried that somebody's going to burn you at the stake or anything else. But it's you know, which is which is a good thing. It's, it's a lovely thing to, to 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 see. Do you know what the one thing that I really, really want? I've got to be in my bonnet this morning about something. Okay. I I, I wanted to really throw this at you because I know you're just the guy to shed some light on this for people. Right at the outset, when we kicked off, I talked about your tremendous work ethic and the fact that Noble Manhattan's not been an overnight success. You work blooming hard to get where you are with it and and continue to work hard to maintain it and continue to grow it. Now, the thing is, though, I know that, that, that you work with many thousands of coaches worldwide, and I see a predominance of this actually mainly amongst coaches. Um, so I think it's a great place to address it. Let's talk about the law of attraction. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of spiritual coaches out there, a lot of, uh, you know, life coaches that aren't necessarily dealing so much in the spiritual side of things, but they've all bought into the secret, the law of attraction and everything else. Yeah. Right. And they've all got this, this feeling that if their business is not working and they're not bringing in new clients, et cetera, and this goes for any professional service business that's aware of the law of attraction or has watched the secret, they think they go to work on themselves, meditate, use a vision board, do their affirmations, everything's going to show up magically. Mm. Now, here's my take on that. If you look at the word law of attraction's 10 letters, 60% of the word attraction is made up of the word action, right? Take the word action away from attraction, you've got nothing. And so many coaches out there, I think, my own perspective, need to understand they need to get past that and they need to take some real world action steps towards building their business if they want it to be a real business and not just an expensive hobby. Can you give me your feelings on that? Absolutely. Um, what, one of my early mentors, um, Bob Patmore, taught me a number of things. Um, one just harping back to the problems. He said, Gerard, as you grow, life works like this. He says, double your income, quadruple your problems. So as you grow, don't expect to have a problem-free life. 
So he said, don't pray for no problems, pray to be a stronger person. Hmm. So, so that's one thing. Now, coming back to the coaches and the action, I am a huge believer in the law of attraction. I meditate, I do affirmations. I find all of that incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. but on its own, it will get you nowhere. There are two types of coaches, well, for, for the purpose of this conversation, there are two types of coaches, the good and the successful. The good are not always successful, and that's quite frustrating. The successful are not always good, and that's quite annoying. Just because they're a successful coach doesn't mean they're a good coach. What they are good at doing is the marketing. Mm -hmm. So to be both a good and a successful coach, you have to learn different methods, techniques, and build up a set of knowledge, knowledge skills, both in coaching and in marketing and building business building skills. And the old saying, and there's a film, isn't there, the field of dreams or something, if you build it, they will come, unfortunately is not true. And if you simply go and you spend hard earned money and effort and you take a course and you get a qualification, that's wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Clients are not going to start contacting you. The phone will not start ringing unless you engage in the actions and the activity needed to build your business. So every successful businessman, businesswoman is also a student of success. And they study. They they study their industry. They study techniques like marketing. They study um, selling techniques they study social media not only their skill so to be a successful trainer consultant therapist coach entrepreneur no matter what your industry you also need to master the marketing and brand building skills and that takes action and you have to study and then put those that knowledge into action on a daily basis Hmm. yeah agreed absolutely and of course uh, you know in 2021 which is now when we're recording this video it's got more competitive than ever i'm sure you've probably read the book uh uh what's it the blue ocean i've got it here somewhere uh the blue ocean strategy no i haven't okay it's great great book and and it's literally about the whole idea of, of the marketplaces being flooded and that most people are operating in a red ocean, which is infested with sharks. Yep. And, you know, obviously it's red because it's filled with blood. <laughs> so, um, yeah, nice analogy. But um, but but that very few people play in the blue ocean so they can find a place where they can actually, you know, um, play, if you want without fear of too much competition but also they'll have a market where it's there's it's long enough it's big enough to sustain them for the foreseeable future um and if you haven't read that i'd, I'd recommend you have a look at that so i will i'll have a look at on on amazon they, they yeah. bring constant presence to my door yeah <laughs> aren't they lovely aren't they lovely yeah, yeah so it, it it's here's here's another thing that that um i've, I've kind of switched with nation as well if we I'm, I'm aware of the time that we've got though but um I had a little switch of niching in my own business um, a little while ago because a lot of, again, a lot of people tend to think, well, I've got to work with lawyers, I've got to work with coaches, I've got to look, you know, whatever it is, I've got to work in one vertical. But 
this is something that occurred to me and works quite nicely for me is that I, I tend to niche what I do. Yeah. I, I niche what I do and I niche the result. I don't niche my vertical, but I do tailor my outreach marketing to different yeah. verticals. So it looks, and I think that's another thing that's quite confusing sometimes uh, for people. Because here's the thing, if if you create a course for coaches and that and that course for coaches is just as relevant and valuable for consultants, if you call it a course, a, a course for coaches, you've now got to create that whole thing, mm. that whole thing again, plus all the marketing, all the support twice. And however many times you do that in different verticals versus being able to have one course and different marketing niches to bring into one course. Absolutely. And that's a great strategy. Great yeah. strategy. And coming back to what you were saying earlier about action, it cannot be overemphasized, the need mm. for it. Mm. Um, I'm reminded of an old saying going back, oh, decades. If you have talent and energy in life, you will be a king in whatever you, you choose to do. If you have energy but no talent, you'll be a queen. If you have talent, but no energy, you will be a pauper. Hmm. And the deciding factor is the energy. It's not the talent. Yeah. So strangely enough, it's not the talent. It's not the knowledge. It's not the skills that are the deciding factor of success. It's the energy. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And when I hire people, and we've got uh, just over 400 people now employed in Noble Manhattan worldwide. Mm -hmm. So I have a saying with all of my senior managers, I say, I would rather have ignorance on fire than knowledge on ice. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that are filled with knowledge mm -hmm. of their industry, their, they've done their master's degrees, but it's knowledge on ice. There's no fire in there. No. I would rather have someone who knew nothing, but they have a fire burning within them. Absolutely. So I use the phrase, you know, ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice any day. Yeah, give me, absolutely. Give me someone who, who's ignorant, doesn't know what to do, but filled with a fire, and what, then I can teach them. Yeah, I think, I think it was Michael Masterson wrote a book, Ready, Fire, Aim. I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> Ready, yeah, fire, I remember aim. that. It's exactly that, isn't it? It's just yeah. get out there and tell your story, get in front of people, infuse them, figure yeah. out the incidentals later. And here's another thing that I found out the hard way, and, 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 and I've worked with a lot of people now who have had the same issues. Sometimes we sit and we try to think ahead and we try to perceive all of the challenges we're going to come up against, all of the problems, etc. And we try to come up with a perfect plan with all the answers to all the questions before we ever get rolling. But oftentimes, we won't get the answers to the questions until we take action. And the very um, idea of taking action, the, the, the very thing of taking action, will lead you down a road, either cor uh, the correct road or the wrong road, but whatever, you learn. You learn and you find out the answers to the questions that you were asking right at the answer. But you can only guess if you don't go out there and get some data by taking some action. Absolutely, and if you wait, and this is just my philosophy, I'm not, if in my 
experience, if you wait until everything is perfect before you launch, you'll never launch. And you sometimes enough, good enough is enough. Yeah. And then you 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 carry on making it better. And mm. I, I have a phrase you console consolidate on the move. Mm. Don't stop, just get it going, get it started, and then start making adjustments, make it better, make it better, make it better as you make progress. But sometimes people, I, I, they come to me with a business idea and I say, how long have you had it? Oh, 15 years. I've been thinking about it, been planning it, been writing a business plan, rewriting it. Re I said, well, why haven't you launched? And they say, oh, it's not just ready yet. I say, dear God, you know, um, yeah. someone else would have taken that idea and launched it the week after they thought about it. Yeah, exactly. And what is ready? It's all subjective. Perfection's all subjective anyway. Yeah, Your yeah. idea of perfection would be different than mine. So, so you might as well, absolutely right, just get it out there and let your audience tell you. Absolutely. You know, where you're missing out or where you're doing really, really well. Gerard, I really love you, mate. This could go, this could turn, <laughs> this could go from coffee with Robert into lunch with Robert. I could just go on, go on and go on. It's, uh, it's, it's quite right what you said at the outset. We can, we can have literally months or even it's i think it's been three or four years since you and i we physically since we physically got together yeah. yeah and yeah it feels like it was just yesterday and um, no. you know i'm really grateful for for the friendship that we've developed over the years um well we, let, let's make a, a deal that as soon as these restrictions um, ease off a bit we'll meet if the weather's yeah. nice I'll, I'll come down your way for on my motorbike Super duper. Yeah. Meet for a nice coffee somewhere. That sounds good to me. I'll go anywhere for a coffee. You know me. Um, <laughs> Gerald, before we wrap up, uh, many thanks. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know there's loads of, of nuggets of wisdom in there that give value to people that listen to this or watch this, whichever format they're, they're taking in. But before we go, uh, for anybody who's interested in knowing more about Gerald O'Donovan, Noble Manhattan, people who are, who are maybe thinking about becoming a life coach or a business coach, where can they go to learn more about you and what you do? Sure. Um, me, they could go to the website noble-manhattan.com, of course, or just send an email and we would send them anything they needed. And the, in, the email would be info, I-N-F-O, at noble-manhattan.com. Brilliant, brilliant. Absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll make sure friend. the links are below the, the, the video as well. And um, let's not leave it so long. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Gerald, well, thanks so friend. much, Take buddy. Care. Love you to your too. family. Cheers Take now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.